All right. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to our first Borderline of 2024 alongside Bernie wow. Neighbors. I'm Jeff McCarriger. So much to talk about coming off a huge uh, weekend, week slash weekend in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the high school championships, the college national championships. Plus, we've got a little bit of college football to talk about, just a little bit. Uh, we've got our on, off, and in segment. Remind me, we've got uh -huh. to leave time for that because a lot to okay. talk about. All and right. um, and new power rankings out this week, and I, I'm I'm interested to hear yours because um, it, it's it's so difficult. I know we say this every week, but man, it's getting super hard, and especially now that we have so many opens to gauge before we actually get to what the new pro series is going to be. So yeah, I know it was difficult for me. Um, yeah. I left some names in there that I still have question marks about. We'll get to it later. And I know you said just before we came on. That yours is like entirely different. So I can't wait to, I can't, and, you know, it's just, you can't keep certain. It doesn't mean that they've fallen off a cliff. You know what I mean? Like they're still amazing players and still could easily be top 10 in two weeks or, you know, after the next couple opens. Right. But yeah. just, I don't know, man, I can't just keep putting guys in there just because of who they've been. Ah, a little foreshadowing. I think I, I, ah, cause I, all right. I think you tipped your hand a little bit. I think I might know who might be missing. In your, There's a few. Uh, yeah, your power There's rank. A few. Yeah. All right, so we've got a ton to get uh, to get to on again our very first episode of Borderline here in 2024. So hey, before we get started, just a little bit of love for the league. Um, had a great weekend, and um, not to sound too hokey, but hey, you know, I, I know I know things aren't perfect in, in the ACL, but I tell you what, uh, Stacy and the staff. You, Wally, uh, I, I, all right, I don't want to get into this game again where I start naming names. Right. Um, Chase and Corey with the live stream. Uh, just, I mean, I, I, endless amount of names, right? Uh, yeah. I, I will give a, a huge shout out to Kat. Uh, she's, she's my number one. I mean, I really, she's like, she's like becoming really my go to person behind the scenes of the broadcast. But shout out to everyone behind the scenes with the ACL. That was a beast of a tournament. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, New Year's Eve week, New Year's Eve weekend has become basically kind of the mecca of, uh, well, it was the college Cornhole National Championships. Yeah. Now we've added high school in there as well. So, uh, Bernie, I mean, you can give me all the numbers. I mean, I think there was, what, over a 1,000 people there in Myrtle Beach this weekend. I walked in oh, well uh, for, the, for the Open, you know, for all the different levels. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally a 1,000 people or more or a little under playing cornhole. It was a monster event. And to pull something off like that um, is not easy. It takes such an incredible team to pull that off. Um, so congratulations yeah. to to everybody on staff. I know you all work super hard. Um, so congratulations. I mean, that was that was a monster, monster weekend. Well, they, they did. Uh, Josh Keck and his crew of directors crushing it with Athena and that whole group. And then yeah. Kat, which actually Kat and I got to spend some time on the live stream for an hour or two. I fun. saw and I love that because because you know I think you do a great job. And I'm telling you, Kat, I, I know I know she's just stretched too thin. I know she'd love to be on the air a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Um, but she just doesn't have time. And and her her skill set is is much more as good as she is on the air. Her skill set's much more valuable behind the scenes. That being said, she sounds amazing. She sounds yeah. great on the air. She's awesome. I loved her voice from the yeah. from the first day I heard her. Oh, I don't know when it was. I think she was filling in during one of our one of our national qualifiers or something like that and i'm like i'm like dang i'm like whose voice is that she she does a great job 
Oh, yeah. She was, and she had to call one of Tanner's matches. And it was so funny because she said she wasn't doing <laughs> it, but she, she had completely turned to watch the board he was throwing to as to not make eye contact with him, I think, you know, so it's, I was, you know, yeah. of course, I'm giving her a hard time during the match, but it was, it was fun. We had, we had, we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. And again, for those people out there, Jade and others, uh, Tanner Halbert, one of the top yes. pros in the game. Kat is, is uh, Tanner's wife. So, yeah. And, and, and uh, Trey and I have talked about this on the air. You know, it's one thing to be nervous when you're playing, but to watch a family member. And, you know, we talked to family members during the broadcast. It's just, it's just so grueling, right? It's just agonizing to you know watch what? A, a family member play. To your point, I think that's one of the reasons why. I don't know if you noticed this. You guys had had on. You were you were totally immersed in the action. How quiet it was for high school and college, yeah. and it's so different. It had been so fun, you know, so fun for the college kids in the past. I think the parents and family members were just so nervous that they couldn't handle it, and it was it was so quiet in there, and it was it was yeah. like more quiet than normal. So obviously the uh, friends and family just couldn't handle it. It was just uh, too nerve wracking for them because it was like we were trying to, hey, you know, pump, you know, do do this, do that, to try to get something, you know, some some sort of reaction from the crowd, and they were just on pins and needles. They couldn't deal. Yeah, they just they, they, well, they were just they, they were just struggling watching their kids. With with that, let's get into it. Let's just get right into this. Um... Sure. Uh, with the event this weekend, because I'd love to get your general thoughts on this. Yes, it was quiet. And that is definitely the next step that, that we have to take as a league is mm -hmm. getting people in there to watch. And I, and I talk about this ad nauseum, right? That yeah. we got to take the game to the people. We got to start, you know, get getting getting spectators to watch our sport because it is so much fun to watch. And something yeah. that we have found out is that cornhole players and family members make awful fans. Because you're right, they they they're just so you know they're just they they either want to be playing or they're so nervous watching loved ones that it's really hard to like hard to like cheer. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty quiet in there. They, I mean, like other sports, they will cheer if it's you know a David versus Goliath type situation, right? Yeah. Like you've got a a, a name player and someone has found a way onto the broadcast board and they take it deep, right? It's 18, 17, late in a match. People will wake up and people will mm -hmm. get involved. But, like, you know, they do that for every sport, right? But we've, we've got, we do, we've got to find a way where people are invested in the first bag or, and it's not so much the first bag, it's round four or five, right? Now, now they're into it. Now they're playing and it just got so quiet. I yeah. mean, it was so quiet. It was crazy. Here's the, here's my question: with this being one of the largest opens, like in the, the history largest. of the sport, the largest. Um, it was the largest. Okay, so with the this largest. being the largest open in the history of the sport, how do we how do we get those how do we get those players to fill up the stands for the high school they and college playing. kids? They were playing in, in support. Oh, they were okay. playing. So first, so first uh, off, we need maybe we need to shut things down and see if we can funnel those people. Well, over. we used to. It would have been great to have, have all those people over and supporting those we, kids. Yeah, we didn't have the numbers before like we did this year, and so to basically get the tournaments done, they had to let them keep playing. Because in the past, remember, they would cut the lights. Everybody comes over, and I think that's another reason why you know players when they're watching sometimes feel like they're forced to watch, so they're not as excited. They would just rather get back to playing sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they want to get yeah, back to the yeah. match. And, and so they're like, oh, all yeah. right, so I got to sit here, blah, blah. But 
yeah, it was tough because of just the numbers and the sheer, you know, size of the tournament to get the tournament done. Because once again, we don't know these buildings. So we yeah. can't just stay in there till six, even though people think that we should be able to do that. It's just not how it works. We can't, just can't do that. So, right. you know, if we've right. got to get done, I mean, even though we're not getting done really at a reasonable hour, what, 1230, one o'clock? I mean, for the, you know, there's a staff member there that has to sit there. And I'm telling you, more often than not, they're not, you know, they're not getting paid a lot, right? They just have to be there to lock the door. So they're not all jazzed up to be there that late. But, yeah. you know, I, I think they do the best they can. We've got to find a way to get random fans in. I don't know how we do yeah. that. I don't, I don't yep. know. Which, you know, as much as we talk about it, I, I don't have an answer. I don't know. I know the biggest turnout we ever had was because of free beer. And is that a ticket? I mean, do we really have to start doing that to get people in? In Nashville, for example, there was yeah. free beer involved. I mean, is that what I mean, it takes? There are, there, are ways, there are ways of doing it. Um, you know, again, it goes back to manpower. I mean, with, the, with uh, Coastal Carolina, I guess this is probably the most apples-to-apples apples example I can give because Coastal Carolina is literally right up the road. I mean, it's in Conway, mm -hmm. South Carolina, which is 20, 25 minutes away from the venue that we were just playing in. And Coastal Carolina, while is a terrific draw for football, not so much for basketball. So what they do is they go around to the high school coaches and, and call the high schools and get the high school teams out there. Hey, you guys want to bring your team out and, and watch, uh, you know, watch, watch some basketball. Sure. I know, I know going on this weekend, I don't know if this works or not. I'm just throwing stuff out, but I know this really? weekend they had the beach ball classic for those who are not basketball fans. The beach ball classic is one of the premier AAU uh, high school tournaments in the country. Not yep. just on the East Coast, not just in South Carolina, in the country. I mean, you have yep. big-time coaches, big-time scouts watching these kids play. So, you know, can we go up and, and do we have some marketing people and go up to these people and say, hey, you know, when you're not playing, we got some, you know, professional cornhole going on. Come over and have fun and, and you know, maybe we give the kids a free hot dog, you know, a free hot yeah. dog, free popcorn to come over, something like that, just, just to get people over there. Because like I've said a million times, no one ever walks away from our sport saying, man, I hated that. That was stupid. They love it. Oh, they all love it every time they walk away. So, so I don't know, maybe something like that. Sure. By the way, speaking of growth of the league, yeah. there were actually college scouts there this weekend. That was great. Far, yeah, we talked about that on the air. Yeah. And that is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. That's uh, I mean, and that's such a short amount of time, right? I mean, like we just started high school in earnest a few years ago and now you know there's actually college coaches check i mean college recruiters checking out these kids as they play yeah. I, I think it's awesome we interviewed yeah. uh, dusty thompson on the broadcast yeah. the head cornhole coach at winthrop and yeah yep. he was there he was there he said he wasn't going to tell us who he was watching but he had his eye on a few there was another guy out of california that was there that's that's why he was there yeah i love that's that that's crazy for yeah. professional cornhole or for college I, cornhole, yeah, yeah, but, man. Well, somebody that that they had to have their eye on as we uh, uh, kind of narrowed down, threw out some names. I I think I think my my if I had to pick one player who I was most impressed with, Tony Forbes. I was impressed with him as much off the boards as I was on yes. the boards. So he was the uh, high school national champion out of i think i think it's vacaville california is how you he say is. it I heard yep. some people saying vacaville but i think it's vacaville california so congratulations to tony but um tony it's just a different level we we joke all the time on the broadcast used to joke all the time about you know a five tool player right and, right, and right. i would and i would always make that crossover and that comparison that analogy to a major league pitcher who has five or six pitches right 
right? Um, who, 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 you know, these pitches they can throw with equal confidence. Well, Tony's that guy. Tony has five pitches that he throws. He has five throws that he throws, and he's got a cut, a reverse cut, rolled shot, uh, airmail, a slide shot, obviously, you know, some of the basic shots. But he has five um, shots that he can throw all with with the with equal confidence and boy did he and he went on to on to be the champion but but I thought he was just incredible to watch and and what a terrific kid behind the scenes because he takes the mental game of cornhole to a different level he basically I love it when guys do this he's taken everything he's learned from being a high level baseball player a pitcher to cornhole mm-hmm. so he literally um, sits down and has a game plan okay who am I facing what are his strengths what are his weaknesses what do I want to stay away from how am I right. going to face him? What am I going to do in late game situations? Just like a pitcher and a catcher meet before a game, you know, like like if, if I'm the pitcher, I'm you know, and we know that Bernie is on a hot streak. Me and my catcher are meeting before the game. All right, how what you know? What kind of spray charts do we have? What kind of scouting do we have? Do, you know, do right. we need to stay away from the inside pitch? Do we need to go low sure. and away? That's I mean, that's how he looks at cornhole. So I mean, to talk to him off the court, like I said, was was almost as impressive as watching him execute it on the court, but Tony, Tony Forbes will be a fun player to watch. Yeah. I hope, you know, it, since we're getting to this point, we're going to have to figure out what we do because obviously, you know, you've got the Landon Basses, you've got some other guys that are just so good as high school players. Are they going to play college? Right. I mean, now the, you know, the fact that we've got 13, 14 year olds being dominant, dominant, dominant players on the yeah. pro level, is that kid going to go to college to play? Right. And I, that, I mean, I wonder if we get to the point where we do what the NCAA does with baseball. Right. You can go as an 18 year old into the minor leagues. Right. But you can't play college anymore. You have to make right. that choice. And then once you make that choice, you're locked into three years on that choice. I've always so, I've always liked that. Do you do you like is, I, is that, I've is always that liked old it. school or do you do you like no, that? I, I, I like it. Hey, look, yeah. you want to go do your thing at 18 and be an adult and be a professional and earn money and, and do that. That's on you. You are technically an adult, even though if you ask me what I think about 18 year olds being considered adults, I mean, have you spoken to one recently? But then beside <laughs> that, but I mean, seriously, but if you commit to that college, I mean, you're that coach and that program, especially in other sports is, de- is, is devoting a lot to you once you decide mm-hmm. to go. And so to just, I, I think to then just, you know, you have that option at 18 to go play pro, right? If you don't do yeah. that, I think you owe those schools three years. My opinion. I don't, I think a lot of people I disagree like with that, but it's, you know. Yeah, I like it. You, you've got uh, the other choice at 18, right? Yeah. So. Yep. No, I've, I've always really liked, I've always really liked that rule um, in baseball. So, yeah, but all these decisions, I mean, this, this will have to be made. Uh, sometime in the near future as well. And what basketball, wish we'd get back to that, but they won't because they, and it's so funny how pro basketball is basically dictating that whole thing. They don't feel like coaching those kids and they don't feel like they're the unnecessary risk they've taken in the past with drafting 18 year olds. And it yeah. is, it's a yeah. risk, right? Yeah. So they, they want them to go to college for at least a year so they can see. And yeah. that's just, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, well, and as a parent, and again, this could just be me being totally just conservative as as a as a parent. Um, I, I've never liked the thought of a high school kid being drafted um, as a 17, 18 year old out of high school and joining the pros where there are all kinds of things 
you can get into trouble with. I mean, you're yeah, traveling sure. around with you're traveling around with men, right? Who yeah. are of legal age to do many, yeah. many things. And I don't mm-hmm. think I would want my 18-year-old boy money. Um, graduating high school, money. going into the pros, traveling around with money and all those vices all, all and, around. Just not sure. Yeah. Really but again, they're, I, they're, they're absolutely not ready for it. They're absolutely not ready for it, but they, you yeah. know, you grow up in, and the family's destitute, right? I mean, you know, you're struggling to eat. It, that changes your whole philosophy on that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. completely different. All right, we got to keep moving on. Um, yeah. Oh, you mentioned Landon Bass. Uh, great, to, great to meet Landon Bass um, and Anthony Eastridge. Uh, got a shout out from Anthony on Facebook. So, uh, peace, brother. Great to meet you. He, he's the, he's the kid who is uh, does not look like a high schooler, but he is. Trust me, he is. Uh, all the he's got three kids. Complete. Six foot. <laughs> he's got three seven. kids ready for college. Yeah. Six. Yeah. <laughs> Six foot seven, dude plays basketball. Team's good. I think they made the state semifinals. I mean, really, really good kids. So that that was fun for me behind the scenes. It's it's a chaotic, hectic day because we never know who's there, right? Uh, until we know, and so we try and yeah. sit down and catch up with as many of these kids as possible. All, I mean, really, all of them great kids. But uh, uh, so great to meet so many. But yeah, so Tony, Tony really stuck out to me. Tony Forbes uh, from California. Uh, I, I got to call a couple of his games. He was great. Oh, good. Really yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and let's see on the uh, double side for high school. That's right. Ian Johnson and Nathaniel Langley win the high school doubles championship. Um, Nathaniel, Lang- well, both, I don't want to call either one. Both of them were great to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, college side, uh, Clayton Eli and Austin Wasco, uh, Waskow from Blinn College. No surprise. Um, Blinn College, for those of you who, who don't know uh basically it's it's it sounds like blinn college a junior college is becoming a feeder school of cornhole to texas a&m apparently um and and i mean these kids at blinn are playing every day with the caleb batsons uh of the world right i mean all those great players down in the texas area aj sims literally works at texas a&m and acl pro so they, they play in and amongst these these pros all the time so no surprise that they're really good uh but blinn college um you know, I don't know. I'm on the fence. You and I were talking about this. You know, I love in the ACL um, that anyone can play, anyone can win. And I love the, the you know, the fact that we are so inclusive with our sport that whether you play it for a two-year junior college, a tech school, or Auburn, you've got a chance to win the national championship. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think we have to, you know, I think we have to throw it out there. Like, is is it? It would have. It would have been. I like that the three-year SEC reign came to an end. But going back right. to what you said at the beginning with the David versus Goliath, I think I would have liked to have seen like a, you know, a a Colorado or a Tennessee in the finals right. against against a Blinn or against a, a Delta or an Indiana State because I think that that's when when it really becomes fun. It's it's tough. I didn't it's, see any major I, schools. I well. It's hard to get buy-in from the major schools. The kids themselves have to buy in. The major schools, you know, are still kind of in that turn their their nose up a little bit at the sport because getting on ESPN and stuff like means nothing to them. Their football program or their basketball program's on every week, right? Yeah. So they don't have the same feeling about it where the smaller schools are all in, right? They don't really get this kind of exposure. So they're but they're, for three you know, they, years they were there. Well, the players were. I mean, they, yeah, you know, they weren't really getting any help. Schools. 
Yeah, they but they weren't getting any help from the school where some of these other kids are actually getting some help from the school. And, you know, they that like the the Blaine Rosiers and those folks, I mean, they're they're doing that on their own at Auburn. Right. Like the oh, Auburn's sure. not giving yeah. them any space to play and not doing anything for them. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's you know, that's that was all on them. But hey, I mean, I, I'm with you. It's it's so difficult. Like, would it be better if it's, you know, Alabama against Tennessee or something like would it be yeah. better? Would it be? Better if it was some kid that goes to, I, I, I can't even think of a school, right? But anyway, I, I get what you're saying. But at the same time, there is that David versus Goliath aspect that yeah. it's cool. But it gets tough. I, I, would like to, I would like to have seen, I mean, selfishly as a broadcaster, I would like to have seen like star power, right? Or, mm-hmm. or a great storyline. You know, uh, like a David versus Goliath, like Blinn against mm-hmm. against uh, the defending champs. You know, yeah. Uh, I, against, I I just don't Auburn know what or Tennessee. What does it do for the sport? What does it do for the sport to have two tech schools going against each other? Yeah, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I'm know. Totally I mean, I've, I've literally thought about it a lot over the last week. Like, is that a good thing? It's yeah, good for those Piedmont kids against. Yeah, it's great for those kids and their family members. But I'm talking, and you know, great for cornhole. You know, if you know those folks, that's awesome, right? But that's not what I'm talking about. Is it good for the sport as a whole? I don't know, right? And like, that's 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 the tough. That's my the gut tough feeling, Bernie. As as much as you and I have talked about this, my gut feeling is it is because it's still at the end of the day, mm-hmm. Piedmont Tech versus Blinn. I don't know. Like so when someone turns on the TV. Do they look at that and say, ah, I don't know saying. if I want to watch this? Or do they look at it and they say, huh, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, think, I think it takes, I think it, I think it's going to take a little bit more time. I think when people understand the fact that it's not just what, what, what I'm fearful of is someone turning on the TV and saying, Well, of course it's Piedmont Tech and Blinn College exactly. because Auburn's not playing cornhole. When we exactly. know that's not true because again, the SEC won three right, straight right. years. Right. So, you know, we try during the broadcast to, you know, to to mention multiple times that this sport, you know, includes two-year schools, tech schools, mm-hmm. um, and, and major colleges. So I, I, I hope, I think it's just going to take time for people to get that message because at the end of the day, I do feel like it's probably unique and fun that we do that. But if every year it's Piedmont Tech... Right. Um, then it becomes a problem. And then it, then it plays into a trope about the sport that other people outside of the game have about it. By the way, yep. you're talking about taking the game to the people. We did that this weekend with having our uh, live stream on TikTok. Yes. Man, that was hysterical. Huge. Because, because you're getting people. So if you're reading through the comments, obviously – it, you know, however their algorithms are working, people that know nothing about the sport, it's showing up on their page. Yeah. And so it, it, it was hysterical to read through those comments when it was going on. It was it was great. And the numbers by far our most watched program uh, platform by far. Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely love it. And you're right. That's a great example via social media, but a great example. You take yeah. you take it out there into the public. And yeah, I mean, yeah, those people make fun of it. But you know what? That's 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 the fun part to me. 
Oh yeah, because but, they're but still people, watching. But the, they're yeah, still but the people, watching. Well, they stayed on. That's the whole yeah. point. Like they yeah. may have been making, but they were there for thirty minutes to an hour. You know, yes. they were invested. And then the folks that were watching that knew what was going on would be schooling them. You know, and then the argument yep. started. It was, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun to watch that. I'm telling you, because it's great. And and people, you know, people can turn it on for the first time or a second or time, third time, whatever. You know, and and they're like, oh man, what is this? Why is cornhole on TikTok? Why is it? And all of a sudden they're like, wait, wait a second. These guys are good, you know, and, and all of a sudden you get hooked watching those bags fly and listening to, to, you know, guys like you and me and Wally and all the live stream people, you know, talk about what they're doing and the fact they're doing it for 27 slash 30 feet away, you know, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. This is, this is like different level. And they and stay, had, they stay and watch. Yeah. And we had to make sure that like, and you, to your point, you're going to love this. We had to make sure that we were talking about strategy because once again, a lot of the group on TikTok know nothing about the sport. They don't play the right. sport. They know nothing about it. So when there's eight bags sitting on the board, you know, you start getting that, well, I can, you know, I'm better than that. But, you know, you start getting like, so, but they don't understand the strategy of it. Like, so you had to yeah. kind of walk them through that. But to your point, the people that don't know the sport are looking at that as, oh, that's not very good. Like, that's not pro level anything. Right. And that's to your point, which I, I was going to give you, I, I wrote that down to tell you on this broadcast because I was literally was reading that that the random folks who have no idea what's going on and they see eight bags just laying around the board are like what i mean me and my friends can do that you know what i mean like so it was it was interesting yep. it was interesting to read from those folks when when you watch professional sports you want to see greatness and 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 the biggest feather in my cap for that was to hear chris collinsworth on a nationally televised nfl game about a month ago and i brought it up on the show say the exact same thing. You know, mm -hmm. when you turn on an NFL game, you want to see greatness. And Absolutely. you want to see it played at the highest level and you want to see something that you cannot do at home. And right. so yeah, that's 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 why I mentioned those types. It, it was interesting. So we had to start talking about like, look, this is what's going on. They're setting up a block. This is a back block. This is why they're doing like so you kind of right. had to, you know, we're doing, you know, cornhole 101 while it was taking place, but it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun to get those reactions. From people yeah. just i mean you know obviously it's funny from random person in uh you know germany <laughs> it pops up right i mean TikTok's worldwide right yeah. so like the random people are like what love is it. happening right now so that was it was fun i love that that's so much fun yeah, yeah that's great uh, all right wrap, wrapping things up here with high school and the yeah. college uh brandon earls congratulations to you um out of delta college uh, not only did Brandon Earls win, but he knocked off uh, Cole Brewer, uh, who was the defending champion. Cole had a chance, and Cole, Colton, you talk about great kids. Uh, yes. Cole is another one. Man, terrific mm -hmm. guy. Um, I think a lot of people were uh, rooting for him to become the first back-to-back uh, -back college champion and made it all the way to the finals. And Brandon Earls was, was just, uh, I mean, just put the hammer down in that in that finals brandon brandon threw really good forced cole to really be aggressive cole made a couple of mistakes and it was and all of a sudden it was over but um but actually brandon 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 beat cole twice that day beat him in rounders yeah. and beat him in the finals so i love what he had to say uh cole brewer about about the fact that he played his game you know, he, he was really proud of him. I, I just thought it was great talk from a 19, 20 year old kid. You know, look, this is this is my game. This is all it is right now. Do I need some more stuff? Maybe. But I played my game the whole way and it almost won again. 
like you know, acknowledging that the game has changed, you know, the roles, the cuts, a lot of this stuff that he doesn't really have in his arsenal. But uh, he was he was a really really good kid. He should have been he should have been uh, should have been tweeting up Larry Bird. Uh, you know, Indiana State's other very famous alumnus. Like, dude, <laughs> that's right, Larry. Check it out, man. Yeah, Sycamores. Yeah, I told I told a few people with the ACL. I don't know if they did it, but uh, going back to um, Clayton Eli and Austin Waskow, being from Blinn College, uh, Blinn College is where Cam Newton got his start. Yeah. So he was a starting quarterback for for Blinn, and then went to Auburn, and then of course onto the Panthers. You mean his, you mean his restart? Yes. Yeah. His restart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I don't know if somebody, I, I wanted someone with the lead to, to tweet out to, yeah. to Cam, Hey, you're not the only champion at Blaine college, you know, and, and see if, see if, see if he would have taken the bait at all. Might, might, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we reached out to him or not, but, but uh, anyway, congratulations to all the high school and, and college players and champions. Uh, one more comment on the whole thing. Damn, are those high school kids good? Uh, I remember being, I think it was when I was hosting, uh, I think it was when I filled in for Mish for around the ACL, um, and the final show of 2023. Uh, one of the, one of the hot take questions for Anthony and Trey was something along the lines of, you know, is the high school division better than the college? Hmm. Wow. The high school players, man, they are good. And if that's the future of the sport, man, look out. I mean, Mark Richards, Tony Smith, you are going to have some heat on you. These kids are good. They are really, really good. And it's, you know, look at our, look at our top level pros that are high school, high school age kids or middle, (laughs) middle school. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Actually how good they are. Uh, all right. We've got on off and in to get to, we've got power rankings to get to just a couple of, just a, just a couple of quick comments before we get to that stuff. Okay. Um, Iowa. <laughs> I knew you were going to read it. <laughs> I was watching some of it. As everyone turns was, off the podcast. Yeah. I was watching some of that game. I was like, Jeff is loving this. All right. All, all I'm asking for, and, and I'm going to relate this to cornhole with the DPR stat. All mm-hmm. I'm asking for is just is is make sure that we are comparing apples to apples, right? If you mm-hmm. want to throw out stats and and generalities, um, that's fine. Just make sure that we have perspective on everything. You mm-hmm. know, Iowa, and I and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. I promise. Ten and four, right? Everyone's like, why are they getting rid of the offensive coordinator? What you know? Why this? Why, why? It's fool's gold. It's fool's gold, and it's a different level. So Iowa, did they have a good year? Yeah, they had ten wins. They had a really good year. Ten and four. However. If you look at the three teams that they played who were ranked in the top 25, and again, there were only three teams <laughs> that they played who were ranked in the top 25. I looked at it this morning. You, th- this will even blow you away. Iowa was outscored by these three and only three top 25 teams, 92 to zero. They didn't score a point against a team in the top 25. So again, Bring this around to DPR. I'm not saying I don't like the DPR stat. Let's get some perspective on it. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like basketball stats right now, right? Basketball stats at the mid-major level are pretty meaningless. You haven't, you've played a lot of D2 schools. You've played a lot of NAIA schools. Coastal Carolina's got a kid, John uh, um, Ogiaco. Dude's a stud, right? Um, He's like, he's like fourth in the NCAA in shooting percentage. I'm sorry, you know, Coastal hasn't played anybody. 
you know, come to me, come to me when conference play starts and let's see where the, where the double doubles are. Let's see where the field goal percentage is sure. and where it ranks in the nation, you know, have some perspective on it and, and, and DPR. It's great that Mark Richards, you know, has a, has a high DPR, whatever. Show me what his DPR is in nationals. Show me what his DPR is against quad one, you know, against top 25 or something like right. that. Just a little bit of perspective because I, for those of you saying Iowa had a great season. Yeah. They had a great season. If you're a mid-major team, they didn't play anybody. And the three teams they played, they lost 92 to nothing. So uh, me I, I hear you, man. I, look, I, and since we're a little bit of talk on college football, they got to switch it up. You're going to 12 teams next season. That means the uh, power five teams that don't make it should probably just not do anything. Because with, with all the – seriously, with all the yeah. opt-outs that are going to happen with the transfer portal, that's a joke. It's an absolute joke what is being put out there as competition. And yeah. I think Kirby Smart from Georgia said it best. Won't get into all of it. But what's happening isn't okay. None of that is okay. And I mean, people are spending good totally money agree. to travel and to go to those games and to do all that stuff. Uh, I mean, it's what they're giving everyone. Look, take the group of five conferences like the Sun Belt and a few others. Give them all the bowl games outside you know, because I, I just don't see I just don't see any teams that are sending the team. The team that played all season is not the team in the bowl game. Right. So how can you True. look at the bowl game as I, I mean, I just I, I think it's time for a massive overhaul of that whole yep. process. Yep. And I don't know I how mean, they're going to do it. So many examples. So many yeah. examples. Missouri. I mean, literally so many examples. You can't I mean, you can't get into it because there's more than there's more than 10 in one season. That's not OK. Yeah. Right. I, I I just happened to watch the last couple of minutes of Missouri, Ohio State. Missouri beats Ohio State 14 to three. I'm like, wow. All right. Yeah. Missouri had a pretty good season. Well, then I dig deeper. Ohio State didn't have their starting quarterback plus about seven other starters. Yeah. So you're right. Just, I mean, it's just it's, it's just it's, not the same teams. I mean, so yeah. I mean, we could get into the Florida State debacle, but, you know, playing third string and walk ons all over the field. You're, a someone's going to get hurt. That's a good point, too. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have kids that, you know, that haven't played all season, aren't really prepared to play, have to play against yeah. some, some kids that, you know, are frothing at the mouth because they've been playing all year. They they don't feel the bruises the same. You know what I mean? Like someone's going to end yeah. up getting hurt in this process. And I don't know. I just it's it's got to be completely overhauled, completely yeah. overhauled or just it, do it, away it with needs it. To be, it needs to be totally rethought, which brings me to my final college football oh, yes. um, point. Um, I thought about putting this into my on, off, and in segment yep. because I feel I feel like I was I feel like I was in the hole on this growing up because I grew up in a in a major college town, right, a Power Five team, right. Um, but but my career has always been kind of at the mid major level. I've I've dabbled in some top twenty five broadcasts, but most of my career has been at the mid major level. Mm-hmm. So so I felt like it kind of changed my opinion. But now, but now I've just now changing my opinion has made me totally off the board on this. So I was going to put it in my off, but I've got another off I'm going to get to. So uh, my preemptive off, um, and this goes along with the lines of what you're saying that that this whole thing has to be totally revamped. Uh, Liberty, okay, Liberty goes what twelve and 0, 13 and zero, thumping their chest. Give us Michigan, yeah. give us Georgia, give us Alabama. We want a power five school. You want no part of and, it. And you know, I'm I've been out there a champion of power five or a champion of group of fives and a mid major saying, you know, why 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 don't they put these group of five and these mid majors against big programs? Like let's say we do against a big program. Well, you know what? Be careful what you wish for. 
<laughs> so Liberty out of Conference USA, right? Unstoppable. Here they are, one prob- probably the best. Well, I think they were the best group of five schools. Oh, yeah. And 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 you know that's why they got the nod. Yeah, yeah. One of the top mid-major programs in the nation. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, I consider him a friend. He's a great coach. Here's what happens: you put Liberty against Oregon, and it's a shit show. I'm sorry, but it is. <laughs> Forty-three to six was the final, and you know it was close for a minute. But it was just a disaster in the end. And, and, and Oregon had up This goes to the point. It's not the same level. It's huh. it's a fun storyline. It's not the same level. You can't put those guys. Up, you know, and if you look down, there were a couple examples of some mid majors. You know, some F, uh, you know some uh, sure. group of five schools that kept it close or got a win. Most of them. I mean, it's not the same. So what do we do? And you're right. Someone needs to rethink this and restructure everything because you really have. I mean, a very high level of teams now. You know, maybe we go to four super conferences and just have a championship level of colleges that are playing against each other. Yeah. And and those who make it, you know, make the final 12. Those who don't, you're done for the year. Yeah. And then and then we go back to like we used to do with one double A. Have a 32 team playoff. It's cute. Maybe, maybe, maybe make those the bowl games now and you do yeah. a 32 team. I'd watch. I'd watch sure. if it was something like that because sure. it, ha- but it has to be two different levels. The Liberties, the Coastal Carolinas, and I love Coastal. I love the coaches and the staff and everything. They're not competing against Georgia or Alabama or Florida State or Clemson. They're not, they're gonna get they're gonna get the doors blown off. I don't yeah. care. They, they do know, well. I don't see it. I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah, they do well in a one game situation mid season against a mid to lower level Power Five school, right? Yeah. And they'll pull off an upset against a North Carolina. Right, someone like that who just doesn't have that top tier talent, yeah. and then it's and like the Sun oh, has done that. The Sun Belt has actually right. done that a lot, right? And look what we, you know, they beat the Virginians of the world, right? Yeah. Like they don't beat the top level teams. They don't. They just they beat don't. Kansas. Coastal beat Kansas back to back years, right? Yeah, you know, fine team, but they're not. You know, they're they're not a top level, you know, no. power five school. So quit acting like you are, right? Yeah. I mean, just it, it, stop. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you 100. By the way. Jamie Chadwell, maybe you make a call, maybe get him Chapel Hill. Would love that. Could really use, could really use a young, vibrant, energetic coach. Oh, he's he's amazing. He's a hell of a recruiter. And and the fact that South Carolina didn't go after him is crazy. A few years ago, I mean, Shane Beamer and and his dad, obviously terrific family and not a bad hire. But when you could have Jamie Chadwell. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. South Carolina, where were you at this bowl season? Oh, that's right. Didn't make one. That wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been there if uh, I mean they would have been there if Jamie was their head coach. Yeah, he's he knows what he's doing. I do you think his accent is a problem? I, I'm Jamie's? dead serious. Yeah, I'm dead serious when I say this. We were watching the game. We were watching the game. They did an interview, and I was sitting with people that care nothing about college football, and they all looked at me like, really. <laughs> And I was like, I, I know, but he's a great coach. He's a I, great, I, never, I, never, great... I never noticed. We used to have weekly conference calls. I, I man, never... it's a pretty thick. It's a, it's not a southern accent. It's kind of a very country yeah. accent. It, yeah, I think he's and from it, Tennessee originally. Isn't and it? it's you know, it's a tough sell when you're trying to when you've got multi oh, multi multi million dollar boosters and you've got to convince them to give. That's where I wonder if he can go to that next level, if he can handle all the you know, things around being the head coach yeah. outside of just being the head coach at a, at a big time school. I wonder if that would be a problem for him, but anyway, yeah, I, I digress. I, I got into a Twitter war with somebody about this too, because they, they said that Jamie Chadwell got the coastal Carolina football program or got the uh, Charleston Southern football program on, on, um, 
suspended and um, are on probation. And that is partially true. There were 55 student athletes over the entire athletic department who were suspended and and punished for for just Thanks. various different violations. Right. Um, yeah, but it was not just the football team, and it was not Jamie Chadwell. So I don't want to get into all those details, but anyway. But yeah. <laughs> um, so something's gotta be done with college football. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's they're getting there. They're getting there. All right. We uh probably should start getting to power rankings and on off and in. Otherwise, yeah. we are totally gonna run out of time. I agree. So let's do uh you want to do power rankings first? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do power rankings first. The end? Sure. All right, you I ready? cannot wait to hear your power ranking. I mean, it's really not that much different, but it is. All right, so, you're right. right. Before, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, Before we get yeah. started, what 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 changed your mind? Just just generally, what what changed your mind? What were you looking <laughs> for? What were you looking at this weekend? Are you? I uh, it's it's nothing specific. I I think that I've always done these power rankings with the end of the season in mind, uh-huh. and I think I need to stop doing that as much. Oh, you know, the end of the season will take care of itself. You know, the last few top tens will be the best players at the end of the season, and that'll kind of take care of itself. I need to start. I mean, I've still got people in there that I think are going to be there at the end, but there's just a lot that are out. And a lot, my favorite player is out of oh, my wow, own okay. power ranking, right? So I'm just, I, I think there needs to be, in my mind, I need to focus more on who's really good right now while still putting some folks in there that I think are going to be there at the end and okay, trying to, right, and trying right, to right. balance that. And that's what I was trying to do this week, especially all after right, coming off the, the largest open ever yeah. in ACL history. So, all, all right, right. Number 10, Hunter Thorne continues to be an unbelievably good doubles player. And he's always kind of there in the mix and singles. He just is. Right, he's, right. He doesn't win. Like I, I still don't know if Hunter can win a singles event at the national level, but he's going to he's going to be deep. And, mm-hmm. you know, number 10 is deep, right? Number 10 is not number one in a power ranking, right? It's not the same. And so I've got Hunter in there. Jake Gore, number nine, continues to just do what he does. He's yep. a top 10 player in the world, in my opinion. He's just, you know, as a matter of fact, I've had him out of my list for too long. Jake Gore deserves to be in. Number eight, my fun number, welcome Adam Hisner. Yes, I like it. Yeah, dude, dudes. Yeah, he's playing. I mean, I, he he has he has. I don't know. I don't know. If rededication, refocus. I don't know if those are the right words. Uh, but yeah, I mean, winning doubles with well. Trey Birchfield played well. Played very well in singles. So Adam Hisner, you have made it as my number eight in my top ten. Number nine. I mean, excuse me. Number seven. Ryan Windsor, another guy that's playing an extraordinarily high level in both singles and doubles, and a guy that I think going forward had this conversation with Cat Kennedy Halbert. You know, when we get to the pro series, you're going to have to do round limited games. I think he's a player that can play both. Well, round limit and a 21. That's why I've got him at seven. Number six, Gavin Cano, a guy that I haven't had in my top tens. I don't know why I haven't had him in my top tens, but a guy that belongs in a top ten. One of the world's finally, best. You finally doubles. jumped on the Gavin yeah. Cano I mean, with me. It's one of those things. I, for whatever reason, he's been a player that I forget, like not forget, but just – when I'm going through all the names, I, just for whatever reason, I haven't had him on there, but he yeah. continues to be one of the world's best players. I've got him at number six. Number five, Jeremiah Ellis. Oh, rookie, okay. rookie by name only, but he's been so good 
He's been so good all season. He wins brackets at big opens, whether it's in doubles or singles. He either wins it in singles or finishes second in his bracket, wins a bracket in doubles. I mean, the guy's that good. He's just that good. Uh, number four, Fisher Hamilton, one of the guys I thought it, he didn't have up to Fisher Hamilton type weekend, but I think his talent is just too – his talent's too big to have taken him out, right? So I've still got him at four. Number three, Tony Smith, even though he wasn't there. Mm. And if he was there, I didn't see him. I, he, I don't think he was there. I got kind of caught over on the streaming courts and doing some other stuff, so I didn't see all of the brackets. But I don't think Tony was there. But I've still got him at number three because he's he was Tony not Smith. There. Actually, you yeah. know what? He was not there. I talked to Mike Hennessy. Tony was not that's there. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. Number yep. two, Ryan Trader. Oh, wow. Number two. I mean, he wins open singles in the largest open ever. Get you know, goes deep in doubles again. He's just plays. He's winning everything he enters. So how do I not have him up there? I, like for for a while there, I kept pushing him back, going, "Well, we'll see when we get to you know national season how that all plays out." And we will. We'll still see how that all plays out. But for right now, I you you could you could argue with a lot of evidence he's the best player on the planet. I still have Mark Richards at number one, and people will be like, well, Ryan beat Mark in this tournament. He did, but if you were to put them in a best-of-seven series, I'm taking Mark Richards. Mm, right? I like that. Okay. But, and that's why I've got Mark at number one, and that's my uh, top ten. But as you'll notice, there's a lot of names not in there. A yeah. lot, a lot of names I do not have yeah, in there. Yeah, and now you've got me confused on mine. <laughs> You're right. You left out some powerhouse names. But powerhouse uh, names that aren't doing anything. Yeah. I, hey, I mean, I don't, I don't, hey, I'm not, I ain't mad at you, brother. No, at some point, I think, are they going to be back in July and August? Are those people going to be yep. back? Probably. Maybe. Yep. But for right now, they're not there. And I'll get into, and it's something I'm going to get into later in my on off and what I think is going on with some of them. Uh, okay. Speaking of which, we have an executive decision to make and we have to make it quickly. I totally misjudged time. I was thinking we had an hour because oh. remember when we were on live, yeah, we had the whole hour. Right. Now we got, Here we yeah. only have 50 minutes, and then they throw the commercials in. We got we got four minutes left. <laughs> do you want to skip my power rankings and and we can? Do it's up to you. Or you want to just save yeah. on off and in for next week, or you want to just try and go quick? You want to go, just we go can, quick? You know what? Let's save on off and in for next week, unless you want to do it. Do you do you All have right, something me, you want to say? Let me get my power rankings, and we'll see yeah. how much time's left. Yeah. Um, I don't think mine needs too much explanation. I think mine's probably a combination of thought um, of what you were, you know, some of the points you had. All right, number ten, Ryan Windsor. Number nine, I, I don't know, Devin Harbaugh, but, but, and, and I'll do number eight, Jeremiah Ellis. I mean, my, my eight, my eight and nine and 10 are, are Kyle Malone, Devin Harbaugh, Ryan Windsor, Jeremiah Ellis, kind of throwing them all up in the air. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whatever. I mean, I got to pick, I got to pick three out of the four. Uh, seven, Jake Gore got it done again, as you were saying. I mean, singles and doubles this this past weekend. So I got Jake at number seven. I've got Ryan Trader at six. Um, should he be in my top five? Maybe. I don't know why I feel like I want to see a little bit, little bit more from him, but uh, dude's my favorite player to watch right now. I probably need to have him in my top five, thinking about it again. But anyway, right now, Ryan Trader, number six. I've got Jamie Graham, still my number five. I know, he's my man crush. I get it. Yeah, save all I, the look, I, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Jamie Graham's. He's just not... 
doing it right now. I know at, at the top ten level. That doesn't. He was here last year, and then he ends up winning the world championships. So I, I, Jamie's going to stay in mine until and you know if we get to the pro series, and all of a sudden he's not there, then obviously I'm you know right. have to rethink that. But right now I still got him number five. Uh, Gavin, I've got number four. Fisher Hamilton, number three. Tony, number two. And Mark, uh, Mark still number one. I think it's it's going to take another it's going to take another, you know, uh, dip, uh, another big dip for me to take Mark out of number one. Just so yeah. good. And some honorable mentions: Alec Ryan, great job, finished second. Yes. Adam Adam Hisner, just out of my top ten. I really wanted to put him in there. Joe Kay had a big weekend. Kate yep. Allen, uh, Ryan Hart, Ryan Hart, won, won an event last year and and Ryan, played really well in singles and doubles Ryan, this weekend. Ryan Hart, I thought Wally said this best last year. Ryan Hart is a perfect example of the pro division. Yep, he's really good. <laughs> you know, they they are that dangerous. Good. I mean, random, dangerous play, times. random players in the middle of the pro division are extraordinarily good players. Yep. and he kind of worked his way up last year and is going to go higher with Jeremiah Ellis as his doubles partner. Sorry, yep. go ahead. And then uh, last one, uh, j- just honorable mention from this weekend, Nico Morales. I got a text from him. Yes. Um, you know, I, I put him in my players to watch this season because of that moment he had, and I know he's a great player. I know he's had, you know, where he's really had moments where he's really shined. And I was wondering if he was going to be able to use that momentum to carry over. And uh, sounds like sounds like he's been really working hard behind the scenes. Had a good mm-hmm. weekend. So uh, shout out to to Nico this this weekend as well. All right, we got one minute left. You want to tease? All right, okay, all right. How about this? Save your uh, on, off, and in. But okay. but let's just can I just do one real quick? Can sure. I just do my on because my on is actually both of us. Okay. My on the board, David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. If you didn't see this, I mean he he is he is approaching being one of the worst owners, worst franchise of owners of of any professional sport he in is. the history of the. sports. <laughs> and this weekend in Jacksonville, just a disgusting act as he's sitting there, can't take some heckling from fans, and literally throws his drink out the window on some fans and was just fined $300,000 by the league. Which is like a Tony nickel. Kornheiser and Mike Wilpon were talking about it saying, I mean, they, they went so far as to say the league needs to step up and get this guy out of the game. I agree. He has really disenfranchised him from everyone in the state of South Carolina, people in the Charlotte area, in the North Carolina, uh, Raleigh area, which you don't want to do because that's where all the decisions are made. I mean, I'm not sure he has many friends left. And the fact I, that he's I, not winning, he's 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 on a. I still think he's. I still him. think he's trying to get them out of Charlotte. But I talked to a buddy of mine that said, "Well, you know, the other owners have to agree on that. He can't yeah. just do it because he wants to. He has to find a way for. And if the other owners feel the way about him that we do, that's not going to happen. But who knows? I don't know what his relationship. You know, billionaires are different with other billionaires. Yep. Right. Oh, I know. Yep. Right. Yeah, but if they get some big time oil money or, or or electric money out in Oklahoma City, and they want to build a you know a, build a big stadium, uh, that could be a big discussion. But something's got to be done because he's bad yeah. for Charlotte. He's bad for the Panthers, and right now he's also bad for the sport. So you and I, I have been on this for a while. So we are definitely on the board. Can he change? Sure. So that's why he's on. So that's why I think we're on instead of in the hole. But yeah. but I'll give us credit both of us being on the board on that. Hundred percent. We're way over. They're going to cut that's us. What off. we do. That's what we do. All right, full on, off, and in next week. Happy New Year, my friend. Great to see you. All right, bud. Talk to you next week. See you. Bye, everybody.